Okay, God is good, yes? Amen? Every day God is good. God is good, definitely. Right, so um, I was given um, the opportunity to just bring whatever I wanted to bring this time. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, But it seems quite apt. It's like every time, you know, you know God is so faithful and um, is, is definitely moving in and around our community and in and around the church. Every, everything that's been already said this morning are kind of, um, you know, it's, it's, it's incorporated in, in what I'm going to bring to you guys. So what I really felt God was putting on my heart was, you know, waiting on God. Um, is anybody waiting on God right now? Yeah? And uh, that's a good place to be, waiting on God. Yeah. It's a difficult place to be, but it's a good place to be. As I was preparing this, um, I struggle. Um, it's just me. It's just, you know, one, one of my defects is procrastination. Um, I don't like to wait for anything. I want everything to be done, but I don't like to wait. I also struggle with doing my bit. And God is always call, calling us to do something, you know, when we're waiting. That's what I want to bring today is there is something God wants us to do. Um, when we're waiting on him. As I was coming across this morning, um, there's a, a, a run going on um, on Portland. And as these, so you've got these guys and they're all kind of dressed up in fluorescent orange outfits and you've got the runners and the bike riders. Right? <laughs> you've got the workmen. We've got to wait for the traffic at the moment as well. That's, that's not good, is it? Um, but again, you know, waiting that waiting again. Um, so as I, were, as I was coming across, I felt God was kind of saying to me that, you know, these runners, these guys that are in this race, when they start, they, they, they know where they're starting. And when they finish, they know where they're going. And God is like that, isn't he? You know, God starts something, he's going to finish it. God knows the beginning from the end. And just like those runners, they don't start their race without preparing. You know, I couldn't go out and run. Well, I could do. I could go out and try and run a 10-mile run. The reality is that because I haven't trained, at some point I would probably pick up an injury if I didn't collapse before um, I got to the end. But there's a preparation, there's a training that these runners do to be prepared to finish the race. God wants us to be prepared to finish the race. God wants us to be prepared whilst we're waiting on him. You see, these guys that are running the race, they don't know if they're going to finish. But their hope is in themselves and their ability. Their hope is in the training that they've done and they've prepared themselves for. Our hope is in God. That's where we put our eggs. We don't need to put our hope in ourselves. All we need to do is put our trust and our faith in God. And he is faithful. God is sovereign. That's the other thing that I want to get from this message that I'm giving this morning is that we have a God who is sovereign, a sovereign God. And what do I mean by a sovereign God? He is in control. He has the answers. 
He knows the beginning from the end. He is sovereign. So when we're waiting on God, often it can feel like a journey. Do we know where we're going? Do we know the destination that God has for us? Most likely it is that if we have a place that we feel God is calling us to go, that we have had some interaction from the Father through the Holy Spirit, through scripture, through word, through vision, um, through testimony. But we have an understanding that we're being called to go or do something and to be somewhere. But also, we can also be called to go out without knowing. I was reminded by Mick as I was kind of conversing with him this week and bringing the sermon that I was bringing today. And he said to me, remember that Guy Miller said that sometimes you have to be going, not knowing. And as I come through um, this, this sermon, I'll, I'll pick that up again. So if we're waiting on God, then possibly we've had a vision and a word. It may be that we are in a situation that we're trusting God to break through for us. We're trusting and we're waiting for God's breakthrough. But in some way, as children of the living God, that can be really hard. Standing in faith for whatever thing, whatever that thing God has placed on our heart, that knowing, that longing, that desire, that health issue. Standing in faith in those times is a struggle and a battle. But we will get there. It will come to pass. God is faithful. He is unchanging and he keeps his promises. We have to hold on to that. So it's not so much where, but when. It's not so much how long, but we're going to get there. You know, it's that kind of kids in the back of the car. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And as you all well know, that is really frustrating. And I'm not talking about the kids saying, are we there yet? I'm talking about the waiting. Because when you are going somewhere, but you don't know how long it's going to take, it is so frustrating. And often... In that journey, it can also be really debilitating. It can be quite heavy going on a physical and an emotional level, depending on what we're waiting for. If we're waiting on healing, if we're waiting on a financial breakthrough, whatever it is that we're having to experience that waiting on God for can be really tough. So at some point, whether it's us or someone that we know, 
we are going to be waiting on God. It's how we get through this, how we approach the delays and not the denials. It's how we remain in faith when we've missed that last train on the platform. And it's dark. We're feeling cold and lonely. What do we do? Do we keep our heads down or do we look up? Do we see that there's taxis outside? waiting to take us to a destination? Did we prepare the night before? Did we get the bus timetable just in case we weren't going to make the train? Or did we set out in the morning with a good pair of shoes on, a warm coat in our backpack, being prepared and ready for any eventuality? You see, this is our problem. Often what we'll do is we'll be waiting on God, but we haven't prepared ourselves for that journey. But God wants us to be prepared because he knows the beginning from the end. We don't. Now, when I felt God was laying on my heart to bring this waiting on God. The other thing that I felt God was saying to me was the book of Daniel. Now, in my infancy, I thought to myself, yeah, the book of Daniel is a great book. There's loads of stuff in it. We can definitely see God's sovereignty in the book of Daniel. I know what, I'm going to do the whole book of Daniel. <laughs> that was my intention. I hadn't, I'd asked God, what did he want me to bring? And I felt him say, well, waiting on God. And where was I going to get that information? I felt God had said the book of Daniel. But there's so much in the book of Daniel. And um, I rang Mick was it not? Was two nights ago. And I said to Mick, I think I'm going to get most of what I need in the first chapter. or in the first few verses, really. But isn't that God? That sometimes, you know, the way that we plan things and the way that we see things. You see, I, I, I thought that I needed the whole book of Daniel to be able to deliver the message God wants us to hear today, but I don't. You see, God can quite often just take one word, one sentence. God is good. I mean, there's some great stories in the book of Daniel. And I'm, I'm assuming everybody knows the book of Daniel, but if you don't, um, probably the most um, popular story that we know from the book of Daniel is when Daniel's in the lion's den. And in the morning, when the king goes and says, Daniel, you know, has your God spared you? Daniel is there. He's not been eaten by the lions. But the one that I really like is the fiery furnace. You know, if you just think about that for a moment, how amazing is that? That these guys are thrown into a fire, a fire so hot that even the people taking them up to the fire died. 
And as and, and this imagery is just so beautiful, and this is God and, and again just showing us in, in just through words that here you have Daniel and um, the, the other guys with him in the fire. And then you see uh, an angel of the Lord. You get the description of the angel of the Lord also in the fire protecting them. You know, this is our God, you know, awesome in power. So the key thing I want us to remember in all of this is about God's sovereignty and that when we're waiting on God, there's something that God wants us to be doing in that. He doesn't just want us sitting around idle. So the setting that we have in the book of Daniel is that King Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Babylonians, in around 605 BC, has taken the Jews into captivity after conquering Jerusalem. But again, the key thing about this is that God allows this to happen. This is God allowing this to happen. Oh, there we go. Yeah, please, Steve. So Daniel 1. Verse, ah, <laughs> oh, okay, it looked bigger on my screen at home. Uh, Daniel 1, verse um, 3 to verse 17. Then the king ordered, forgive my pronunciation of, the, of these words, of the names, Asfentaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude in every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter into the king's service. Those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azira. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Balthazar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azra, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now, when I got to this point, the word that was really jumping out at me was resolved. So I looked it up in the dictionary. And the word resolve means to make a decision formally or with determination. So it was with determination Daniel was making a choice. Now God had caused the officials to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king, 
who has assigned you your food and drink? Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hanaya, Michelle, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants accordance with that you see. So he agreed to do this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine, and they were to drink uh, and gave them vegetables instead. To these four men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. So the book of Daniel was written by Daniel. Daniel was a prophet. And he found favor from God. The first thing I want to say, though, is that this book, as I said, was written by Daniel. On the onset of being brought into captivity and into the king's court, he knew he was going to be there for at least three years. In fact, he ended up serving three Babylonian kings and was there for over 60 years. You see, Daniel, at the moment when they were captured and taken into captivity, did not know what was going to happen. He didn't know what was going to happen to him. But the first thing that Daniel did the first stand that Daniel takes is that he wants to continue to honor God. Daniel would have been scared. He would have been scared. He would have been terrified. He'd been taken into captivity. He was going to serve a king that he didn't know. God is so faithful. So Daniel would have been scared. He would have been going, not knowing. But his first response was to align himself with God. He immediately takes and makes a choice not to eat the food provided by the king. And this is not just a, a simple choice. As Daniel's words are translated, he resolved, he was determined to make this choice. He was determined to stay faithful to God. He was determined to honor God, even, even though he didn't know what was going to happen. Now, the Jews at that time, even now, they would have um, had laws given to them in, I think it would have been Leviticus, um, where they were told the food that they could and could not eat. 
there were uh, particular um, horned hoofed animals and uh, different seafoods that they wouldn't have been able to eat. And the meat at the king's table or the food at the king's table would have had some of these things in it. And Daniel didn't want to defile himself. He did not want to, you know, the understanding of the law of God that he had up until then um, was that he knew that it wouldn't be honoring God if he was to eat this food. See, the other thing is as well was that the Babylonians would have been also sacrificing their meat and making sacrificial um, sacrifices to their gods. And also that would have had um, an implication for Daniel. So as I said, Daniel's first response was to align himself with God. He immediately makes a choice not to eat the food provided by the king. Daniel did not want to dishonor God with his actions by what he knew to be law. And it's that same thing I feel God is saying to us, that when we're waiting on him, God wants us to honor him with our actions. You see, it may seem easier to slip when we're frustrated in our waiting times. When we're waiting for God to appear, when we're waiting for God to move in our situations, it may be easier for us to justify our behavior that is not honoring God. Why? Because we are all fallible. We all make mistakes. We all would rather not have to experience the pain of walking through and waiting for God. But what we have to remember is this. God is sovereign and will meet our needs every step of the way. God is faithful. Amen. Now, I wanted to put in a story. So as I was play, you know, doing my sermon, I wanted to put in a story. And I was thinking, oh, I haven't got a story. I haven't got a story. I'll make a story up. That's what I thought to myself. I'll make a story up. And then on Saturday, I went to do HOTS. That's healing on the streets, if, if you don't know. And I'm on the rotor for doing healing on the streets. And last Saturday, I went out and I did healing on the streets. It was cold. We didn't have anybody come. And as I was waiting for people to come, I was getting really frustrated. So on my way to HOTS this week, I was saying to God, you know what, I'm only going to give this two more goes. And if nobody turns up, that's it. I'm not doing hots. I think there's something else that you want me to be doing, God. Because the week before, in my waiting, I was cold. My feet were sore. And I felt, where is God? Why is he not here? Why am I standing out here in the cold 
and nothing is happening. So that was my mindset when I went there this week. But God is good. God is faithful. So as I was standing there, a gentleman named Tony came along. And he's going in for an operation on Monday. And we got talking. And he's an ex-combat pilot. And I thought, ah, I've got a pilot's license. That's another story where God has been faithful. But as I spoke to Tony, I really felt God was speaking to me. And again, reminding me that this is not my thing. This is not my timing. This is not my purpose. It's his. Who am I? I'm Gary. I make mistakes. I get frustrated. And I don't like to wait. Who does? But it's by faith we are called. God steps in and he shows his sovereignty by causing the official to show compassion and favor for Daniel. You see, by the action of faith, we can trust that our God will be faithful. This first step of making a choice to be faithful to God sets Daniel on the path where God just keeps showing up and pouring out his grace and favor over Daniel's life. As I said, the book of Daniel, you continue to see God's sovereignty, God turning up and blessing and protecting Daniel. It's no different for us. God is going to continue to keep turning up for us. Not when we think we want him to be there but when he knows the timing is right. The other story that I have around this, and again, this faithfulness and by taking actions, many of you that have been here for a while would have known that we had a restaurant in town once. It was called Papa John's. And this story is also about God's faithfulness and waiting. And when we set out to open up Papa John's, the action that we took at the very onset was that we wanted to honor God in that. And how did we do that? Well, first of all, we asked the elders of the church to come and pray over the business. Because our faith wasn't in what our capabilities were. Our faith was in what God was going to do. So Steve came and prayed over the business. The next action we took in that faithfulness and trust in God was that we sowed each week the first fruits of our business 
back into the kingdom. There was an action that we took because we wanted to be faithful to God. Now, things didn't work out for us at Papa John's. We didn't know that when we started. We thought everything was going to be okay. But it wasn't. Everything wasn't okay. You see, what we didn't know was that the figures that we had been given were what they called dummy figures. You see, we didn't know that at the beginning. In fact, we didn't know that for over five years. But God did. So we had to shut down Papa John's, not through effort, not through hard work, not through our own determination, but through circumstances that were beyond our control. God is faithful. And then we had to embark on a journey of having to fight Papa John's on a legal process, which took another five years. But God is faithful. And over that five-year period, there was moments, there was more than moments, there were times when it just seemed like Everything was just going to be lost. And when we got to that moment of just sheer desperation, God turned up and gave us more hope. God turned up and gave us more hope. God was faithful. God was faithful. Because at the very end, God restored everything that was taken. Amen? God restored everything that was taken. This is the God that we serve. He is sovereign over all things. But when we're waiting on God, what are we doing? I'm going to finish on these last two bits of scripture. Um, this is from Psalm 34, verse 4 to 7. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called the Lord, heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. We just heard that a moment ago. You know, that our shame has been taken. But as I was finishing up, my sermon and Mick um, gave me a, um, a 
a bit of advice around, you know, God's faithfulness. And then I came across this bit of scripture and I thought, you know what, this is, this summarizes it all. John 14, verse 1 to 4. Jesus comforts his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And that's it. That's our truth. If God has called us, then he is going to take us to the place where he wants us to be. That's it. In a nutshell. We have to remember that. God is going to take us to the place where he wants us to be. That's his promise. That's all we need to believe. Yes, the waiting is hard, but God is faithful and he will take us to the place where he wants us to be.